Hello, my Rebels. Do you ever get uh, our free emails? Every morning we have an email. We call it Rebel Buzz. It's actually a great email. i got to tell you. It has uh, some of the highlights for my channel. Plus, I don't know if you know this, it has about five or six stories from other media that, that we think are interesting. Today's version had so many crazy stories in it. I thought, I'm going to tell you about ten stories today, not one. I'm just going to whiz through them and show you the headlines, give you a quick thought. I'm going to show you 10 terrible things about our situation in Canada and the virus and the vaccines and the out-of-control government. So, very depressing show today. I'm sorry, but i got to call it like I see it. i got to tell you the truth. I'm not going to tell you it's grown great. It's not. I will invite you to sign up for Rebel Buzz. You can do that at rebelnews.com. And, of course, you know you can get the video version of this podcast for free during the election. Just enter the coupon code ELECTION at rebelnews.com when you subscribe. All right, here's today's show. Tonight, this is the worst time to live in Canada since the Second World War. It's August 27th, and this is the Ezra LeVant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. I love being alive and we cling to life, but I really think it's the worst time to be alive right now in Canada since the Second World War. Of course, that was worse. More than a million Canadians had to fight in the war, and more than 44,000 of them were killed. More than that were wounded. And remember, Canada's population then was about 11 million people, so triple those numbers to get the proportionate impact today. But for most of the war, until 1944, in fact, there was no conscription. It was a volunteer army until the last year of it. People volunteered for, to fight out of a belief in freedom, a fear of the Nazis and the Japanese Empire as a part of a national project. Some people just for work. So many Canadians died, but it was actually a fraction of the number who died in the trenches of the First World War. Did you know that? Life was harder. So much wealth and work was diverted from living towards fighting and killing and being killed. There was censorship back then, of course, but it was mainly military censorship to stop secrets from being discovered by enemy spies. You could still talk about other things, though. I would not have wanted the best five years of my life taken up by a war, nor would I have wanted the risks or the horrors of the deprivation. So I will say that the two world wars were the worst thing to ever happen to Canada, the worst times to be alive here since Confederation. But I look at Canada now, and I think that we are approaching a similar level of devastation, not in terms of lives killed and not through violence, and I'm certainly not talking about death from the virus. Uh, here is the latest death rate uh, published by Health Canada, which shows that it is close to zero in every province in this country and has been for some time. No, I'm not talking about the virus. I'm talking about the concerted war against our freedom that has moved from an inconvenient two-week emergency to flatten the curve of infections to a perpetual systematic biomedical security state where our every move is tracked, where we cannot go anywhere, whether it's a coffee shop or a gym or a 
restaurant or even a private gathering unless we submit ourselves to an indefinite series of medical injections by the government. That's just so dystopian. Two years ago, you'd be called a madman for saying those things. But now you have governments egging each other on, demanding vaccine passports and forced vaccinations and the infringement of civil liberties on a scale that we didn't even see during those world wars. 90% of Canadians did not go to war in the 1940s. They stayed at home and paid high taxes and had their minds and hearts directed towards the war. And there was some rationing. But there is nowhere to hide today from this new government scheme to monitor your every move. There, there is no one opposing it. In fact, the front page of the Toronto Star helpfully prints a series of slurs against non-vaccinated people wishing they would die, hoping they would die, wishing they were banned from hospitals altogether. I've never seen such a thing. Imagine them saying that about AIDS patients or cancer patients. I've never seen such a thing. I've never seen it so uniform, so simultaneous at all levels of society. I've never seen such unanimity. That's partly on technology. Every word we see or hear other than in person, which surprise, surprise, we're banned from meeting in person. It's all filtered through the censorship of the big tech companies, which suspend you if you criticize the pandemic's official narrative. What do doctors say? Do no harm? Well, look at this. A BC man says he was turned away from a walk-in health clinic near his community because he isn't vaccinated. Okay, so for reasons of health, he will be denied health? That's the front page of the Toronto Star Come Alive. I could choose from amongst 10 terrible news stories to tell you today. And instead, I thought I'd literally just read you 10 headlines to show you the state we're in. I have a few half-hearted suggestions at the end, but I admit right now they're likely impotent. Here. The president of the Association of Medical Officers of Health says Ontario's health units will implement their own vaccine certificate in September if the Ontario government doesn't roll out a province-wide system. Hmm. Uh, they're not elected. No one's heard of them until last year, but now they're telling the elected premier he must lock down the province and force vaccines or they will do it. Do you doubt them? So every politician and bureaucrat is now a little emperor. Look at this. The city of Toronto has confirmed that employees who refuse to get vaccinated could potentially lose their jobs. <laughs> Taking a medical injection, especially one that is not done being tested, one that Thousands of Canadians have had serious side effects after taking. It's not a lightly taken decision. It must be taken freely and with informed consent. Some people can't take them at all for medical reasons. Being fired if you don't get the injection is duress. It's like having a gun pointed at your head. There are some people who are so desperate, I'm sure they will literally allow themselves to have, I don't know, just come up with a crazy idea, crazy today. I think some people would literally allow themselves to have a finger amputated or worse, just to keep a job. Seriously, who can afford to just lose a job? If you're the breadwinner for your whole family, you'll agree to almost anything. If you were going to be denied the right to graduate from a university with a degree, your life will be ruined, your prosperity destroyed, you're a pariah. Of course, you'll, you'll do almost anything. We've never done this to each other or to ourselves before. It's atrocious, and yet it is being normalized. It's everywhere. Here, here's Mississauga. The city of Mississauga announced Thursday that all city employees and volunteers must be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 by October 31st. They chose Halloween. I wonder if unions will fight back. 
Unifor, the biggest private sector union in the, in the country, run by Trudeau's best friends. They endorse them. They run campaigns for them. They've told their members they're going to side with the government on this against their members. What, what's the point of a union then? Isn't the union supposed to fight against institutions and bosses on behalf of members? Why would you join a union that represents your employer against you? Isn't this supposed to be the opposite way around? Here's the news out of Quebec. I'll read it in English. Throwing even more doubt on the security of the vaccine passport, hackers easily downloaded yesterday the vaccine evidence of the Premier of Quebec, Francois Legault, and members of his cabinet. It's in French. It basically says the vaccine passports are hackable. But look, you have to put your most intimate information in it. And really, if every waiter or shopkeeper can demand to know your intimate health information, like any, any bouncer says, show me that, what, what difference is it really? if the Chinese army can hack that information too. There's one politician in Quebec who, who's opposed to all this madness, our old friend Eric Duhem, remember him? Uh, but look at this story. Conservative Party of Quebec leader Eric Duhem was expelled Thursday from the public hearings being held on mandatory COVID-19 vaccination for healthcare workers in the province. So he was there to oppose mandatory vaccines as a party leader and he was thrown out of the room for COVID reasons, health reasons. How soon before you're not even allowed to vote if you're not vaxxed? Before you can't be elected if you're not vaxxed? This isn't about a virus, in case you didn't realize. Seriously, here's a politician who was investigated for simply having a different point of view on the subject. They investigated him. Center Wellington Councillor Stephen Van Lowen did not contravene the township's code of conduct when he joined the End the Lockdowns Caucus last year. Hmm. Uh, this is ubiquitous now. It's everywhere. Here's, here's the University of Toronto and Queen's University in Kingston announcing Thursday that unvaccinated individuals without a valid medical or human rights exemption would not be able to access their campuses. Just, just banned, just segregated. I thought bullying was out of vogue. I thought that human rights and minorities were a liberal cause, certainly an intellectual cause. I was wrong. Conformity and money, that's the thing on campus. Cape Breton University has mandated full vaccination for its students, faculty, and staff by early October. Hmm. Really. I wonder how many staff they're going to lose over this. I wonder what kind of staff they'll lose also. Custodians, janitors, I don't know, that sort of thing. Or, or fancy people, too. Look at this. At least 5,000 caregivers prefer screening to vaccination in Quebec, so they don't want to be vaxxed. It's a story out of Quebec saying they would rather be tested than injected. I don't know if they'll get the choice. Imagine losing 5,000 caregivers in your province because you're a little tyrant. How many nurses and doctors, how many other social workers are you willing to lose over this? Oh, they don't care. How many cops? I see that the Toronto police have demanded mandatory vaccinations. I see that the Toronto Police Union has said no. I don't think it's going to go any further. That's a union that represents its members. How can unvaxxed cops implement forced vaccines, though, on the rest of the population? Well, they don't have to. There are plenty of volunteer enforcers out there. They're called, I don't know, human resources office at your company or university admissions officers, or even mayors. Look at this guy. Saskatoon mayor considering vaccine passports. <laughs> so even mayors are getting into the game. Anyone who wants to flex some muscles, boss someone around, 
have a bigger budget. Set the table for a run for higher office. It's unconstitutional, but so what? The judges haven't stopped anything in the past 18 months. Why would they start now? This is the worst. And yet it's getting worse every day. I, I don't know what to say. I'm glad Maxime Bernier and the People's Party is speaking out about this. I see he's up a little bit in the polls, but he's still in the single digits. I think at most he'll win his own seat. He'll be a spoiler in dozens of others, maybe. Perhaps he could steal enough from Aaron O'Toole, and O'Toole would see that, that he would panic and maybe take a pro-freedom stand in this campaign, but I doubt it. And Maxime Bernier is banned from the leaders' debates. The government uh, commission that makes the rules of who can attend the debate says you need to be at 4% in the polls to get in. He said 7% actually, but they won't let him in. But they'll let in the Green Party, which has lower <laughs> polling support than he does. I mean, they'll, they'll do whatever to shut him up. We're trying to sue on behalf of ordinary Canadians to stop some of these excesses. We set up fightvaccinepassports.com and good luck to us. We've got some amazing plaintiffs. I expect we'll file our first lawsuits as soon as next week. Our crowdfunding is going well, and, and that's great, and thank you for chipping in. But like I keep saying, we don't just need good lawyers. We need a good judge. I feel like we're entering a new kind of dark age. It's not like the Second World War. I know that. But um, we're number now. We're on the opium of Netflix and Disney Plus and DoorDash. People are fine. They're easily distracted. People can get CERB payments. They don't need to work. The media tells us everything's fine. The media tells us the enemy are those dirty, unvaxxed amongst us. That's what the Toronto Star says. And a generation of woke education in our schools has turned out a generation of people who are subjects, not citizens. I'm worried, my friends. We'll keep fighting. What else can we do? But I'm worried. Stay with us for more. Welcome back. Well, did you know we have 17 journalists who are either full-time on camera or part-time on camera covering the Canadian election? It's amazing. And one of our rising stars is Alexa Lavoie from Quebec. She speaks English and French and does her videos twice, once in each language. And incredibly, she has talked to five different political party leaders already in the campaign, uh, as well as a Quebec lieutenant of another party. Joining me now via Skype from Quebec City is Alexa. Alexa, great to see you and congratulations. You've had the busiest campaign of anyone at Rebel <laughs> News. Yes, uh, I, I actually see that all the leaders come to Quebec. I think they want to win Quebec uh, heart. Yeah, well, you know what? And you have a uh, great style. You're very friendly, but you're also fearless. So you walk right up to these people. And I think because you have a, such a delightful smile, they let their guard down. And then you ask them a question and some of them run away. We've got six video clips. So I want to go through them because I think some of our viewers in English Canada who aren't as familiar with you yet, they'll be amazed at, at what you've done. So why don't we watch six quick clips from your work just in the past week. Here's, uh, I think this fellow is Gerard Deltel, who's a conservative, sort of the, a conservative 
lieutenant for Aaron O'Toole yeah. in Quebec. Here's a quick look at that. You were here for... On avait l'annonce de Monsieur Monsieur O'Toole. Oui, je sais. Oui, Monsieur O'Toole était là. Mais vous êtes de Rebel News. Non, c'est beau, merci. Pourquoi? Non, c'est correct, merci. Mais pourquoi pas? Vous avez une conférence de presse. Vous voulez faire un point de presse, vous êtes là. Je sais, mais en même temps, c'est n'importe quel média qui devrait être accepté. Devriez pas choisir les médias qui qui prennent les questions, Monsieur. So that was Gerald Dettel for the Conservative Party. And at the beginning, he wanted to give me an interview. He saw the rebel microphone and he stopped. And he was like, no, okay. <laughs> you know what? I think he was scared or ordered not to talk to you because when he just saw you as a friendly, smiling Quebecois <laughs> woman, he wanted to talk. There's something strange about that. I think he missed an opportunity, don't you? Yes, because at the beginning, he actually crossed the other side of the street to come to see me. And he actually said, okay, we'll go there to have an interview. And, and he stopped to give me an interview. But that looks so bad for him, for his uh, campaign, to stop to talk with the uh, independent media. I don't, I'm not, I don't look like uh, a scary person. And my question is not as tough as other one. Yeah. I mean, if he can't face you and Rebel News, how is he going to go head to head with, uh, I don't know, Justin Trudeau or the CBC? Well, um, I want to tell our viewers that that, however, did not deter you. And you had a quick chat with Gerard Deltel's boss, Aaron O'Toole. Here, let's take a look at that. Bonjour, vous allez bien? Non, je vais bien. Et toi? Oui, ça va très bien. Je à savoir, est-ce que vous pensez que le, le, le passeport vaccinal devrait avoir une date de fin? C'est une question pour les provinces parce qu'il y a une approche différente dans chaque province. Euh, ici, un passeport vaccinal, c'est la même chose euh, en Manitoba, mais c'est différent en Ontario. Well, there you are with the leader himself, Aaron O'Toole. Uh, I think that was an excellent question. I haven't heard a lot of good questions about vaccine passports from the media. So good for you for putting that to him. But uh, actually, I was scared that uh, Gérard Deltel was able to see me because he was there and the media relation liaison was there. The, the one that told me that I was not welcome and I will be never welcome um because of my outlet and uh so i i i wait my turn to talk with mr o'toole and because he didn't know who i was it was really friendly and really welcome to answer to my question so i don't really understand why they they are fear of uh rebel news yeah yeah i, I don't think it looks good on them uh, by the way his answer saying well i'll leave uh vaccine passports to the provinces i don't think that's good enough i think he should at least make a moral statement about freedom and privacy i i, I think he tried to get off the hook on that one but i'm glad you put the question yeah. now here's another one the block quebecois and i i don't know why all these folks are so censorious. I think that's the age we're in. Cancel culture, deplatforming. Your questions are very good, as good as any other uh, reporter in Quebec. And this guy was scared of you too. Let's take a look. Soyez sincèrement désolé, madame, parce que bien que votre question apparaît tout à fait raisonnable, je maintiens la politique de ne pas répondre aux questions de Rebel News. Ça, ça va. Pourquoi vous refusez de, de répondre à mes questions, monsieur? C'était juste des simples questions. Je pense que beaucoup de monde qui essaie d'avoir de, des réponses à certaines questions. 
Vous êtes en campagne électorale, monsieur. Vous devriez répondre à n'importe quel média en ce moment. I don't get it. That's another proof. You saw? Like, people who actually do uh, running for being like a prime minister, if they have nothing to hide, they will answer to Ruben News. You know what? It's not just that. Alexa, first of all, I, I salute you for your, your high energy. You've been crisscrossing the province, going to so many of these things. You know what? We don't agree with everything the Bloc Quebecois leader says, but we talk to him anyways because we're all part of the same country and all part of the same democracy. He may not agree with everything Rebel News says. I doubt he even knows what we say, but we are Canadians and he's seeking to be an MP for everyone in his jurisdiction, in his riding. I think he ought to talk to people, even those he disagrees with. I think it's undemocratic for him to say, I'm not going to talk to you because I don't like who, uh, who you are. He owes you an answer because you're a Quebec woman. He's a Quebec politician. And if he got his way, he would be a ruler over you. He owes you the courtesy of an answer. But not only that, um, yes, he, he owed me an answer because I'm from the same province and he represents the Quebec all around Canada, but at, as well because I'm a media and I'm independent, so I have the voice of every other citizen who have the same question than us, who wants answer. Yeah, well, listen, I salute you, and you're not getting down. In fact, you kept going, and you had some great success. Now, this next interview is another Quebec politician. Now, he doesn't ban talking to us. I'm talking about Maxime Bernier. Uh, here's a quick clip of your discussion with him. When we, we think that the Bloc Québécois are invited to the debate, but not the PPC, what, what do you think about that? Well, the Bloc Québécois, you know, they're in their constitution, they're just having candidates in Quebec and they're at 6%. But the most important for me, is not the Bloc Québécois, it's, it's the Green Party of Canada. So uh, Maxime Bernier is not allowed into the leaders' debate just the same way politicians are trying to keep independent media out. They're trying to keep a smaller party out. I don't think that's very democratic. No, it is not. So actually, what he was explaining to me, they took like nine um, statistic and they choose the one that he was the lowest one to discriminate him and to say, no, sorry, you don't have enough um, percentage, so you are not part of the debate. So I think it's all organized to not put him in the debate because he have another point of view than the rest of all the other party. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they want to, they don't want someone who disagrees with the central issue of our time. Now, there's two more interviews, and I think I've saved the most exciting for last. I mean, Gerard Deltel ran away from you. I thought that showed a little bit of cowardice. Aaron O'Toole answered you, and it may have been because you were wearing a mask. He didn't know who you were. Uh, the bloc leader, uh, I think, disgraced himself democratically. Maxime Bernier gave you, you know, he spoke to you, he's happy to talk to us. Our next video clip is you spoke with Jagmeet Singh, the NDP leader. Let's take a look at how that went. Bonjour. Ça va? Je, oui, oui, j'aurais une petite question pour oui, vous. Je oui, m'intéressais oui. à savoir euh, si le passeport vaccinal devrait être permanent. Le? Le passeport vaccinal, s'il devrait être permanent. Permanent. Um, 
pour moi, le but, c'est comment on peut protéger la population. Ça, c'est le, le premier but. Donc, euh, pour moi, je, je suis les conseils de, de santé publique, les experts et ceux qui vont nous protéger. Donc, s'il y a une bonne raison pour faire quelque chose qui va protéger la population, donc oui. So you asked him the same question, is this vaccine passport, does it terminate, right? That was your question, is, it, is there an end date to it? I think that's such an important question because it's sort of like when the income tax was brought in in the First World War just to pay for the war. Well, here it is over 100 years later, we still have the income tax. I'm worried that this vaccine passport will be the beginning of a lifelong computer tracking biosecurity state. How did you feel about his answer? So... I feel, and I, he actually answered that, it is for a permanent vaccine passport if he needs to keep it as long as, he will keep it as long as we need to have it. But who decide when we, we, we should like let it go or not? It's them. So if they want to keep it forever, they will keep it forever. Alexa, I'm so proud of you asking these excellent questions that so few other journalists are. And I want to leave the prime minister for last. So we've shown Gerard Deltel, Aaron O'Toole, the bloc leader, Maxime Bernier, the PPC, Jagmeet Singh. And here you are, I think this is the most recent of them all, talking to Justin Trudeau, the prime minister. Let's take a look. <laughs> Pour avant que le système de santé crache, M. Trudeau, combien d'infirmières de, de, qu'on est capable de perdre? Ils n'ont pas eu de besoin de, de vaccins de, durant les premiers 18 mois. Pourquoi maintenant vous l'obligez? Well, you tried, and I give you full marks for trying. I think he heard you, but he just doesn't like asking, answering unscripted questions. But I, you know, even though you didn't get an answer from him, though you did from Aaron O'Toole and Jagmeet Singh, Alexa, the fact that you have spoken to one, two, three, four, five party leaders and a senior lieutenant, that's six people, in just one week, I can't believe your productivity, I can't believe your energy, your good spirits, you're not getting down when the politicians are rude, uh, you're asking smart questions. I have to say, I'm so proud of the work you're doing, and I love the fact that you're doing it in English and in French. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> but um, just to let you know that he um, just introduced that it was the end because I, I was waiting all the conference at, at, until the end. But at the beginning, I run after him and all. I don't want to give you like, because he's coming, but they were actually so scared of me. And I can tell you, Justin Trudeau knew I was there because he turned around to say something to me, but that you will see in another uh, video. Okay, well, we have to leave our people wanting more. So you're saying you did chase him and he turned around and he knew it was you and he said something and that's in another clip. Well, that gives us something to look forward to. Alexa, yeah. I think you're doing great work. You really have that rebel spirit. Uh, you are a citizen journalist in the best sense of that word. And I think that despite all the barriers being thrown at you, you are actually doing more real grassroots journalism than many of the mainstream media who have been doing it for 
decades and have huge budgets. You're, you're there doing grassroots journalism. We're so proud of you. It's great to see you and keep up your, keep up your high spirits. Uh, there are so many of us rooting for you, not just in Quebec, but all across Canada. Thank you very much, Ben. And I'm doing that for everybody who wants answer and keep, keep like following us because we are all doing that for everybody. Yeah, well, you've got that great spirit. Thank you, my friend. That's Alexa Lavoie, one of the wonderful new journalists we have at Rebel News, and we're just so proud of her work. Take care. Have a great weekend, my friend. Thank you. All Thank right, you very you. much. There you have it, Alexa Lavoie. W would you agree with me that she's just an outstanding addition to the Rebel team? And I don't care if those politicians are rude. That's what politicians are like. Alexa is asking great questions, and you know what? She's getting some good answers, too. Stay with us. More ahead. Hey, welcome back on my show last night. Travis writes, hopefully this has angered enough voters in her riding that they sent her packing after the election. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, you know, that she was reelected after it was discovered that she was an immigration fraud. I think a lot of people vote liberal no matter what. R. Fastcats writes, she's the one that said Sharia law fascinates me. Just a reminder, we're talking about Miriam Monsa from Peterborough who said the Taliban are our brothers. Yeah, she said the Sharia law fascinates me. Um, there's so many things about that that are odd, and I, and I appreciate you letting me do a, a monologue on it again after the first time. Um, but, but it's not just her, right? Uh, I mean, Trudeau has stood by her. And how many hands in the civil service worked on that speech, saw that speech first? That's how they all think. Well, that's our show for the day and for the week. I want to keep hope alive. I don't want to be too black-pilled. I think that uh, our challenges to the constitutionality of some of these uh, vaccine passports might make a difference, but I think that the real purpose of these insane commands is to scare people, to stampede them into giving up their free and informed consent and just taking the jab no matter what. Uh, I think it's sort of like the airport quarantines. They were deliberately awful to scare people into not flying. I think these announced vaccine passports are deliberately terrifying to make people say, I've got to do this or I'm going to lose my job. Like I say, it's the worst of times. We'll do our best. I feel like we're actually in a lucky situation. I feel that, I mean, just speaking personally, I mean, I suppose I'm the boss, but our whole company here is independent enough. I don't care if people here at the company get the jab or not. It's up to them. I feel like we're, we have the resilience that we can fight back and even come up with ideas to help others fight back. But I know that for the vast majority of Canadians, they simply don't have that independence or freedom. And for anyone in school, for anyone who's part of a union that they gave their rights to the union and the union doesn't support them in return, I think these are terrifying times. What can I say? We'll keep fighting. It's all we know how to do. And thank you for supporting that. Until Monday. On behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night. Keep fighting for freedom.